Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Welcome back to another episode of Event Brew. We have a, a full brew crew here today to uh, to chat it up. Um, yeah, the women actually outnumber the men for, I think it's the first time. Woohoo! Yeah, it's, it's like a moment in history for Event Brew. Yes. Last time that I get Thank you. <laughs> Definitely the most people we've had too. On top yeah, of that, so. we've got so five good. voices today. So yeah, it used to be that Squadcast limited us to only four people. So I was like, hey, let's do uh, five today. Yeah. So I've got my work cut out for me, making sure everybody gets equal airtime. So uh, yeah, let's start in. My name's Deanna. I'm one of your event brew hosts, and let's do a round. Let's start with uh, Ariana. What are you drinking today? Well, I prepared for this question. Uh, hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Um, my beverage of choice, I believe, is appropriate during all hours of the day. I'm drinking a matcha latte with the fancy new pumpkin oat milk from Trader Joe's, which sounded like a really bad idea, but it's actually quite nice. Mm. I don't know if I like that or not. It sounds lovely. Yeah, this, I'm not a big pumpkin guy, so I don't know. I love pumpkin mm -hmm. everything. I'm into it. I am okay. not a pumpkin person. I've never had a pumpkin spice latte in my life. Um, not a PSL girl. However, all things Trader Joe's are now precious to me. So being in proximity to Trader Joe's, I had to try it. Yeah. Well, that... I'm going to buy some pumpkin oat milk. Pumpkin oat milk. Sounds good. I think you should have um, stock and oat milk at this point, right, right Will? I do. <laughs> You All literally right. do, right? You, <laughs> yeah, I literally, you... I literally own a lot yeah. of Oatly stock because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna like shoot to the moon when the Starbucks partnered with them. And guess what, guys? It's worth like ninety eight percent less than when I bought it for. So <laughs> don't take adv investment advice from Will. <laughs> what do you, is that? What you've got in your cup today? You got a cup of Oatly or a cup of whole milk? As you know, what made you finally? Yeah, yeah. Oatly? Do I have to disclose that? I guess every single time I talk about Oatly. <laughs> I just have to disclose that I own a percentage of stock of Oatly. Yeah, actually, I'm drinking my normal David Rio chai with Oatly Barista Blend. Um, and yeah, uh, I buy it all from Barista Underground in bulk. You can buy like pallets of it at a time. So yeah, that's my, my jam. Lovely. I would love to see your weekly shipments that come to your home. I feel like you probably have the most wild assortment of deliveries. I did buy a sun catcher uh, this week. Oh, how so, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tui, what's what's in your cup today? Well, it's been a minute since I've joined this. Welcome back. Welcome good back. chat. Thank you. And I just want to say, because we're on air, for the record, when I was in South Korea at the airport in the lounge, there was a whole entire fridge full of milk, and I thought about Will. And so I was like, oh, Will would just love this right now. But right now, in case you forgot, I'm still in Los Angeles and I'm drinking a creation shit out of luck. It's like half green juice, half 
like orange almost. So organic, all you know, just yeah, I see your face, Nick. It's it's very healthy for you. Colors over there, like they instead of fruits, like they just a green juice and an orange juice. Well, it's actually two no, yellow juices juice. and they they merge them. And so it's mm. like, yeah, I don't I don't need to get into well, it all. It, isn't greens just like they like it means it can be like kale and leaves and cucumber yeah like so cucumber green celery stuff. yeah green bell peppers ginger turmeric lemon and then there's kale, more kale spin there's a whole like everything jalapenos are in here cayenne maybe some grass clippings Andy. you know just a little just, just <laughs> all of that just just tell all me it's organic and i will buy it well it does sound refreshing i'm sure it uh makes you uh, feel pretty healthy after coming back from your travels and settling in back in the states um, Nick, what are you drinking today? Well, it's that season. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that Mountain Dew uh, Voodoo is uh, is out. So uh, it's sad. But the, the good news is, is that the holiday Mountain Dew uh, is out. So uh, I'm having some uh, Mountain Dew fruit cake. That's right. Uh, fruit quake, but it's fruit cake flavored Mountain Dew. That <laughs> sounds so disgusting. In their ongoing them. quest to dare people to continue consuming uh, the sludge that they produce. Uh, and by, mine has colors too, like red five and lots of other numbers and colors. So, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm right there with you, Tui, as far as, uh, you know, on the same level. But like, yeah, I mean, fruit cake flavored Mountain Dew. Uh, there's a, uh, a giant monster truck with... Um, fruitcake wheels and some antlers on it. I really feel like I'm, you know, uh, it's just like the holidays is it's already here. I it feel like that's just a cup full of wrong, like just all the wrong things in a beverage together. I'm struggling to not be a little taste. bit nauseous. Like I'm, I'm trying to, I, I maintain an open mind, seeing as I have not consumed this. But I was on board with like There's some cinnamon even. in it. Uh, in this Mountain Dew, there's some cinnamon oh. for sure. Uh, and have they done other... a pumpkin spice one, Nick? They have yet to. My my gut says there's no limit to what they're willing to do, so it's just a matter of time. Uh, this year's, I mean, the the real tell that they're uh, in some sort of manipulation game is that uh, their Halloween drink was a mystery flavor. So they're like, will they just buy it without telling them what it is? And probably yes is the answer. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not. I don't know. I don't know about you. I, I I feel bad for all of you not knowing how you're going to die. That must be really anxiety driven. <laughs> I know. So for it me, it's very calming. Yeah, that I'm going to be taken out by this. So um, yeah, you have to think about it like that. There's a positive with the, with all of this stuff for sure. True. Well, I'm glad that you made your peace uh, with how you're going mm -hmm. out. Uh, yeah, I've fun. got water in front of me. Pretty boring, <laughs> but I mean, this crew has has had some really interesting beverages so glad to I'd like to vote that neutral. D has the most boring drink today. You know, I always have a boring drink. I think it's just because of the time of day. It's too early for me to drink drink, but it's also mm -hmm. like I don't have the creativity to find something cool. Wait, it's like six o'clock where you're at. How is that not too early to drink? Well, I'm a parent, so I have to stay uh, sober yes. for a couple more hours. Oh, yep. Responsibility. <laughs> Can confirm. That's a real yes. thing. Copy yes. That. So happy hour is usually right before bed, essentially. Yeah. Um, so we've got a fun topic today talking about, uh, creativity. So we got a question from Christopher Holgate. Thank you, Christopher, for sending in your question. Christopher says, you said be creative to find new ways to execute event, which 
Execute Events, which is another podcast. Where can you find inspiration for being creative and innovative? And I'm going to toss it to Tui, since you're just coming back from being in Asia. I feel like maybe you got some inspiration during your travels, your time uh, overseas. So how do you kind of tap into creativity, Tui? Yeah, of course. I actually love this question because finding inspiration looks different for everyone in regards to what creative, what innovation. I actually just thought about uh, the other day how something that may be cool to someone else much may be super cringe to some, you know, others. And so, how do you? For me, I it's it's the color palette of a shoe, it's the texture of a wall, it's the you know. The style of that building, I can I find inspiration through everything, and I don't look for it actually in the event industry. I'm trying to be innovative and be ahead of the game. So unfortunately, in our in our community, um, a lot of inspiration is gained, like fashion weeks. I love looking at the stage, you know, sets, and it could just be anything. And I think in order to find it, you have to be really present in the moment so you can see it or feel it or hear it or whatever the senses that invoke that, that aha moment. So there's, of course, yeah, there's just a lot of ways to do it. It's just, you need to figure out what you like, who you are and what you like and, or, and then what really drives whatever that opportunity is to be innovative, but making space for it for sure. What about, I'm going to throw it over to to my ladies because I love how, I, I honestly love how it went from me being the only girl to now it's like female power. So Ariana, what do you think? Where where do you find your inspiration for being creative? Well, thank you for breaking the ceiling in the brew crew. Uh, <laughs> we're happy to join you. I Where do I find inspiration? Like that is shit. That's like a crazy question for me because it's everywhere I I ask a lot of questions of both myself and everyone around me, and they usually in some weird way relate to whatever event I happen to be working on. But I think for like, for me, it's very event by event or program by program. It's what are the, what are the, I guess, what are the ultimate goals of this event? And then I, somehow those start just activating in a lot of my other experiences. And so like, for example, one of the goals of, of events, especially as we were moving into this virtual space and trying to teach people how to play in it was making sure that people have a sense of orientation. So when I'm going somewhere that I've never been, I really pay attention to how, how am I figuring out where to go? Um, how am I being assisted in navigating this space? How were my expectations set? You know, was that, was that a like a pre-appointment email? Did I get a text message from the company that told me, you know, what the door code was? But I think a lot about arrival and space navigation and how those expectations are set because I think that's really critical, either in physical or digital space, to help people understand how to show up and help them not feel lost. Nobody loves to feel lost. So uh, some of the places that I find inspiration are just like, I'm lost everywhere. I, uh, I'm a San Francisco native. And yet um, I get out of BART. And if my BART entrance is closed, I am like freaking lost. I have no idea where to go. I wind up accidentally in a seized candy because now I need suckers to deal with this. Like it. So helping make sure that nobody ever has that lost feeling, whether that's through signage, through human chat monitors, depending on your medium. Um, and after that, inspiration really comes from what the intentions of this event are. So for example, if I'm trying to facilitate one-on-one contact 
um, among people that are strangers at this moment, I start polling the audience, everyone around me, on how they make friends. And I got a really interesting answer once from my seven-year-old neighbor who told me, well, I just, I ask the person when their birthday is. And then I tell them when my birthday is. And then we know how old we are. And then I ask them if they want to go play. And for me, it's like, okay, there's this rhythm of like, here's something about me, accepting something about you. And then as a planner, how can I facilitate that? Is it, you know, and sometimes it's cheesy, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but is it guidance on how to fill out your profile? Is it asking you to download the app beforehand so you can navigate and reach out to other attendees? Is it a name badge station? So I guess for me, inspiration really comes from examining what the objectives are that I'm trying to meet and then just harassing everyone around me and really analyzing my own experience. That was Ariana, crazy I love, answer. <laughs> I love the, when you kind of talked about like the wayfinding and, and you know, the entry point, um, the, what that brings to mind is like taking something that's tactical, that's just really like a logistical element and just making it fun. Like, how can I turn this on its head? How can I change expectations? You know, I think attendees are really used to seeing signage, right? It's really pretty straightforward. But, you know, if you've got um, a lady with one of those like dresses that have the drink stations on them and she's the person giving you the point to where you go, like that's just a little a little change, a little touch of whimsy, a little element. So I like I like that kind of thought of, Things that you're going to be doing for the event anyway, things that are really logistical, really tactical, um, that have to be done. How can you just turn it on its head and just and and make it uh, a little uh, fun element like that? Um, uh, Nick, have you had an experience like that where you've taken a fun, taken something really dry, really straightforward, and like kind of twisted it on its head? Yeah, I mean, I, I. I a lot of what you just said about arrival like that's super interesting to me like i usually fixate on some element uh, of something uh for a short period of time and then i see everything through that lens uh and i kind of find the creativity in forcing experiences that i have to see if it addresses or if it can inspire me to think about something in that way so uh like when you, when you said about arrival, it made me think of like, okay, there's, there's phases of events and we used to, uh, I used to really focus a lot on that on, on experience design around. So yeah, like I, I saw it as, as one thing when it came to marketing and the event itself, like it's all the same experience, the announcing, the attracting, the anticipating, these are all phases of an event and the arrival is where it kicks off from marketing to operations. Uh, so for, I, I've fixated on, the extension phase and the exit stage and and I would go out places and I would think about did I feel like I belong when I came in here and I was fixating on one of those things so for me it's very much like spend time in on some element that you think is is not creative that that it is sort of boring that needs uh, to be revitalized and uh, just say, ask yourself as often as possible for a finite period of time is there anything I can learn about? like you said, the arrival uh, phase as an example, uh, with how I experienced this concert that I attended or this TV show I watched, like e even even to the degree of like doing that, I was fixated one time and it, it, it's so many different things and it, it doesn't last long because I once I get a couple ideas, I, I, I have that done. But I was thinking about 
presentations because I was doing that quite a bit. And I was like, boy, you know, the worst part of a presentation to me is that they start off with the bio, which when you think about arrival or you think about, you know, the first interaction and catching someone's attention and actually earning their attention uh, at the beginning, it's not through your bio. It's a terrible way to start. So from that point on, I was thinking about that. And then I, I actually watched a James Bond movie. I think it's super important to do things that have nothing to do with what you're trying to do, but, but to always go back to, yeah, that, that's the key part. I think creativity so comes much. from, yeah, not linear thinking, right? Like linear thinking gets linear results and it's not creative results. It's just iterative. So I, I saw this James Bond movie and I'm like, you know, how James Bond movies start. They don't start off with the, the, this is who James Bond is. And, you know, let's catch you up in the lot. It's an explosion and it's in the middle of it. And someone's jumping off a ledge and you're like, what, 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 and you're so focused on that. And then it gets into the, you know, the sort of meat and potatoes exposition. And to me, I was, I always think about that when I design uh, presentation decks, I think, okay, what's my James Bond opening? What's my explosion? What's my, you know, set their expectations askew, you know, maybe, maybe dig myself in a hole, see if I can dig myself out of it. Like something that is out there. Uh, and then I, you know, you only have their ability to ca- you know, capture their attention once or you, you lose them to the phones. So, and that's just a random thing, but I, I think it's like, what's your problem right now? Apply that to everything, almost except for things that are like that. So if you have an event problem, don't look at other events. Think about that single problem and apply it to dinner, apply it to, you know, uh, everything. Uh, and just mm-hmm. ask yourself, like, what did I learn about that today? Uh, and do that until you feel like you've you've got enough inspiration, you know, that you document everything you could think about a rival uh, all in one little, you know, note or something like that. Then you have like all of your creative ideas around that and it's there for you. I literally can put a rival into I just did into my notes and I found, you know, all kinds of notes that I have from February 7th, 2019. That's the last time I dwelled on that topic and it's there via search for me. Um, and it, it just comes from uh focusing on it for a period of time and going on something else. Nick, you touched on something too. We said about looking for inspiration outside of the event world, you know, like looking Huge. for it either in other industries or even not even related to events. So I'm going to kick this to Will. What's the most non-related outlandish kind of inspiration that you've taken and in, uh, inserted into an event? See, I definitely 100% agree with this <laughs> this uh, feedback. In fact, like when I asked event, I, like all the people I've interviewed on event icons over the years, like whenever you ask people, like where do you get your creativity? Always they say outside the events industry and or not necessarily outside the events industry, but outside their event, um, you know, in a lot of ways. But sometimes also outside the events industry. Uh, for me, like it's tough because like my most inspired like recent like mind-blowing inspiration that got me like down a rabbit hole with an event idea was was actually at another event um and it related a lot to like thinking about how music festivals could be uh, related to to business conferences in a lot of ways um i'm not necessarily ready to talk about this idea i think on on air quite yet (laughs) but but but, uh there's a trademark uh in the process you know there's a paper paperwork being uh uh, submitted to the government as we speak yeah but to give give an idea is like we're at imax and we talked about this over a dinner and i just like it was something i've been that i started off as an idea i talked about with a couple people who were with me and they kind of like were like oh that kind of sounds crazy i don't know like 
And then I wrote it and I started a note. So I was like, I just can't get rid of this idea. So I just started writing it down. What would it look like? How would it make it happen? Blah, 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 blah. And then eventually I was just like, I got to talk to someone who's also in the events industry about this. So I brought it up at one of our dinners. Nick was there. Um, and it led to like a lot of uh, reaffirmation of the creativity. So for me, like where it's been successful for me is like sometimes I think we get such creative ideas but then where it really started building upon itself was when I started talking to other people about it um you know so I think that was really really helpful for me um I think the if I had to pick the other place that I get a lot of I think inspiration from um is definitely from you know just the, my personal experiences in general right like whether it is like in the events industry or whatever it is like I'm, I'm kind of like realizing that every single time that I've made a good kind of business decision or idea, it's usually come from something I'm like, I would want this or I've experienced in this way. Like, you know, the reason why I went down social media marketing for Endless so early was I was like, why the hell do I, I don't, this is how I find out about everything. This is how I, you know, where I am, where's where I'm spending all my time. So let me go do this. And then it was, oh, hey, like I read a ton of blog posts. So I'm going to read blog posts from companies that create great content. I'm probably going to want to buy from them, you know? Um, so, you know, I know that's not so the greatest uh, outside of the industry uh, answer because like, honestly, as a CEO now, like I probably don't get as much event inspiration as I used to um, when I was, you know, actually planning a lot of events as well. So, yeah. I really, I just want to comment real quickly on the idea of like, yeah, bouncing your ideas off other people. Um, like there, there's, there's a lot to be said about the idea that creativity has to start somewhere, but like for it to like really mutate and to get like, uh, more uh, sharp cuts on it is when it comes to uh, having a group of people that, and I think you have to kind of curate this group of people too. Like you, they can't just all be people who are just like, you're great. Your that's, idea that's is great. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like even I'm thinking about the conversation we had, like we pushed back, you yeah. fought yeah. back and it was strong enough to like, you know, get through that. And then we started finding angles on it and, and the diversity of the group of people that you bounced it off of meant that your your creativity had the ability to be a seed uh, and it was watered yeah. by all the other ideas. And it, it I think it came out more like like you you had the kernel that was like, hey, this is a thing that there's there's a hole here missing for this. Uh, and then it was tested. Uh, and I think that like then it became something that was a lot more like strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think. It's uh, it's really, really good to not just think of creativity as a solo pursuit. I, I think like so much that you that's a good point, Nick. Like I almost thought when you said that, I like think to myself, like I think we get inspired by like, oh, my gosh, these great artists like Andy Warhol and like Picasso. And they were they're just in their studio painting on their own and everything like that. But in reality, it's like I don't think events in any sort of way are at all solo things like if you hear someone who solely planned an entire event you're like that's amazing that's incredible i don't know how the hell you did it you're probably crazy um but it's really really hard to do but yeah i definitely agree like we gotta we have to like build ideas upon each other and i think that was the thing too is that you know the one thing i'll give out to everybody too is that so much of us think like i also have to protect my ideas and i learned this in entrepreneurship that like 
you know, so many people like, like, oh, I'm not going to tell you a business idea unless you sign an NDA and all blah, blah, blah. And it's like, shit, that's not how the world works. Like right. people have come up with so many ideas and talked about them. So, you know, the thing that, with me was like, I knew that I could trust you guys. Like I, I probably am curating it because it is a slightly sensitive topic idea. And but the the thing was, I also knew that you guys would be the ones that called me out on my shit if I needed it. So that was like where I think uh, it was a really helpful group. So anyway, sorry. There's a saying that like iron sharpens iron, right? And so it's that that concept of not having a um, echo chamber that's just going to be like, yeah, that sounds great. Great, great idea. Do that. But people that will take your idea, refine it, add to it, um, subtract from it. You know, everyone needs that in their corner. So I'd love to hear from this group. I'll just toss it to the group of people either they're maybe they're in the industry maybe they're not in the industry that help you kind of sharpen that pro, uh, creativity muscle uh, or spark ideas or help you refine your ideas i'll start uh, the person i think of is um, ashley lawson with achieve meetings and incentives we actually met through um, shout out to mpi ohio uh, we met at an event years ago and That's why i know her from there too she's who I call when I have an idea and I'm just like, I don't know if this makes sense. I don't know if this is feasible, but what do you think? And some of it has to do with events. Some of it has to do with, you know, social media and personal branding, just a wide variety. So it's so nice to have someone who you don't have to set any context. You can just say, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? Um, and we do that for each other. So that's that's who I want to shout out. But Anyone else want to kind of shout out someone, whether they're in the industry or not, that helps you with your creativity? I definitely I, have one. Oh, you go first. No, 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 you you go. I, well, I was just going to say quickly about Ashley. I just tagged her because she was in a, the latest site global um, Instagram post. And she this year took over IMAX group um on on instagram and i did it last year so we were bouncing you know ideas and just chit chatting about that but yeah she's a great one i love that ashley you should run. come host this podcast with us yeah, ashley hit, hit, wink wink <laughs> <laughs> she's great i was so super inspired by your uh you know tag someone or mention someone because uh this is the first year that i've really been strategic about building the like brain trust of people around me because I feel like we're at just like 2020 we're at this other very interesting point and it feels especially critical to to have other minds that are puzzling on some of the same issues and trying to extract value from some of the same you know concepts that I am and so I randomly got introduced to this uh, guy Tim Parsons who is from idealist.org uh, comes from a background in the event space but is currently in the community building space and I have connected to several community builders who seem to be puzzling around a lot of the same ideas I am, often in a longer arc um, because they're thinking, you know, 365 engagement. And I'm, you know, thinking between one day, one week, three months. But having like gotten deeper into the community builders, like space has really made me see how many parallels there are um, in trying to create experiential moments and experiential gatherings and Deanna and Nick you both mentioned like that sort of creating that wow in a tactical moment and and then Will when you said uh rock concert slash business conference all I could think about was walking into one of the keynotes at South by a couple years back and I, I was part of a 3D printing crew and this was going to be probably pretty dry material but walking into a hall with 
you know, strobe lights and, and it, this was like full concert experience that kicked off uh, some, some very like financially heavy, very, you know, fact heavy information, but it gave us all that moment of like wow factor. And I think that creating those wow moments is like really, really critical. And I try to figure out where I'm experiencing those wow moments, whether it's walking into a Starbucks and having someone give me a delightful bite of cookie, you know, but how can I, how can I hand out a delightful bite of cookie to my attendees as they're standing in registration? Like, how can I, how can I always try to be enhancing with some form of delight? I mean, maybe that shot glasses of Mountain Dew while you're in registration. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Could be. I mean, if it's on theme, it's on theme, right? I mean, one. Uh, this has nothing to do with what we just said. I'm just gonna just inspired by it really quickly. Uh, we did this thing once in Merits where it was it was called the. Um, oh shoot! Now I can think of the name of it. It was the Elements of uh, Events, and the idea was that you, you would, there was like 50 different elements of events, including things as small as. Um, the airport experience uh, of uh, of coming in for your event to uh, finding your lunches, et cetera. And then you were to put these elements together and create something that had never been created before. So it was like, um, you know, uh, activation plus uh, airport landing, right? You know, like what would that look like? And then you would draw out what that was. There, there is something to be said about structured creativity too. Um, that is not just about, uh, the unstructured, like we mentioned earlier, as far as like how to find that serendipitous uh, uh, kind of connections between uh, the answers you're looking for and creativity. But there's also something to be said about the constructive. If it's fun and it's not like sort of a forced thing of like, hey, be creative between, you know, uh, noon and two uh, to solve this problem. That's not going to work. But um, something that's more like play. So I just made me think of that when you said that. Nick, I love that you said serendipitous because I knew the person I we couldn't talk about creative and innovation without me um, talking about this individual who just texted me, gave, left me a voice message. And so I actually am going to give him a call right now just to give him that little compliment. But um, I, when it comes to actually, let's see if he's going oh, <laughs> to put somebody on the line. Yeah, oh, wow. This is a first first for event brew live caller. Hello. Hello. Okay. You are live on air right now mr well you're the whole entire uh event brew team so i am recording right now they have no idea i don't believe who you are right now but the question that we were just talking about is who is someone that has sparked your creativity your innovation someone that's like inspired you through that creative process and I couldn't finish this podcast without talking about Mr. Lenny Tellerico, who owns his own oh. creative industry like, business. What a guess. <laughs> Nick, Nick Morales just said, whoa, you can't hear them because I have my headphones in. But Lenny, oh, you've taught me. I know. Nick, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Uh, we should, we should find a way to do this that doesn't have it, uh, a phone and a podcast in between. But oh yes love that nick and of course you and nick have to connect and um everything but yeah Money's you've just in earlier on in the beginning of my you know just career in this industry you taught me flow lighting leveling like really what it means to be innovative and you come from such a creative background so i i normally don't get starstruck with like celebrities and things like that but when it comes to industry legends like you just, you know, I know we've like hosted some things together. Very kind thing to say, but you know what? I'm going 
going to turn it back on you and say, you inspire me by what it is that you're doing to move this industry forward every single day, okay? Uh-huh. And taking it to the next level and engaging in all of these online podcasts and seminars that you're a driver behind and people like Nick are drivers behind. Those are the people who truly inspire me is the next generation in this industry and what you're doing day in and day out. Oh my goodness. You're the best, Lenny. All right, I'm gonna like I'll oh, give you a call back when I'm done recording, but that was very serendipitous. Okay. He's just drinking milk, you know, just same old, same old, but I'll let him know. <laughs> All right. Bye, Lenny. Wow. I think we just so reformatted cool. the show. We're gonna like add in a special guest yeah. each time. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Dope. I mean, yeah, there it, it's funny, so the like uh, yeah it probably has been a little bit since i've had the opportunity to spend some time with lenny but like one of the cool things about i would say uh creativity in my lifetime of events that has changed everything is social media the fact that i can keep up with someone like lenny and see that the work that he's been doing uh without having to be in the same you know place with uh in the same city and all that uh or you know wait we used to have to wait years uh, in between conferences for the awards events, like that's usually when I got my like shotgun of inspiration prior to social media. I would go to these ICA had the Katie Awards and uh, TSE had the Gal Awards, and I remember very specifically uh, before like social was a big deal, is you would sit in the crowd of that and you would see these amazing events, and you you know you have a couple seconds to see these these photos, or you would go to the sessions. And you would see, you know, what somebody like Dave Merrill was doing or, or whatever. And you'd be like, oh, OK, this is like my, you know, sponge of uh, one hour or, you know, a couple hours uh, of uh, absorption of creativity. Now we get that on demand. I mean, we can yeah. we can get that all the time. I, I think we take it for granted because it's been over 10 years or 15 years of that being the case. But I really can't state enough how much. I spend on social media, uh, even without posting anything. Like I, I, I am to the point now where I barely post at all, but I'm on it all the time, sponging and being inspired and, and, and finding creative things. And there's a book about creativity that I really like. Um, that's uh, it's called steal like an artist. And in that it, it, it kind of explains like how, how to be inspired and how to get creative thinking. And you don't take it one for one. You take what someone else is doing and, and the, the sort of, impetus of why they did what they did because of who they are and you apply it to the 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 world you're in and then the problems that you have uh and and the way that you express things so it's not a one-to-one theft uh it is uh you know in a way that is uh flexible and and uh and repurposed um i mean it's funny that you said andy warhol like you think of andy warhol as like this you know supreme artist but really a lot of what he did was in reinterpret or, or Liechtenstein or any of those other, you know, pop artists, like they took from others essentially and they added another element onto it. That's what we do oftentimes when it comes to events is that we we are sponging off other people and it comes through the filter of who we are. Um, so that's why there's things, even this week, there was something uh, that there was an event 13 years ago that a friend of mine, Meryl Snow in Philadelphia put on that I referenced uh, for someone else who has a venue. I'm like, oh, this, you should see this thing that she did. She got covered by CNBC. Actually, just talked to her about it. And I connected them. And she's like, what a memory you have. You know, this was like 13 years ago. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, having a memory with this kind of stuff is a big deal. Uh, but anyway, Nick, you're speaking my language so much. Um, I 
I went to art school, like my first degree was in visual art, painting specifically uh, with focus in pop art. And the two words that I paid a whole lot of money to learn were uh, reappropriate and juxtapose. And I feel like those have carried me so far because I haven't ever felt like I needed to really invent anything. I just uh, steal it, lightly mold it into the context that I needed to suit, put a new skin on it and throw it back out in the world. And I love how you identified that, that it's not a one-to-one theft. It is it's figuring out how to contextualize it and how to juxtapose it in 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 the moment of your event with the goals of your event and the attendees of your event. Ariana and Nick, when you're talking about um, kind of like that taking inspiration, uh, lightly stealing from others, and then, you know, art school, I think about, I just had a coffee lunch with someone today um, and he's a, he's a creator. He actually is in like the video space and he does uh, video production for his clients. And we were talking about like just the process of creating for the sake of creating. And I think kind of even going back to what Lenny was saying to Tui about, you know, having these podcasts and blogs and vlogs and social media posts, like getting in the art of creating content, getting in the art of whether it's writing, whether it's videos, whether it's whatever kind of element, maybe it's drawing and art. Um, I think sometimes, especially as event professionals, because what we create is so tactical, so logistical, so very uh, black and white, um, we don't see purpose in creating without an end goal. We don't see purpose in creating without a project plan and knowing exactly where we're going and left and right. And sometimes just creating for the sake of creating and building that, it's essentially building that creativity muscle, right? You know, whether it's doing a podcast, whether it's writing a blog, doing social media posts, or, you know, any other kind of creative outlet with your kids, with your family, like all those activities are going to help kind of build that process of going back to what Tubi said at the start, you start seeing inspiration everywhere once that muscle gets stronger um, and you're more aware of what's out in the world as opposed to just saying, I, I don't have any innovation. I don't I don't know how to create. I, I, I need ideas. Once you kind of are in that flow of constantly creating, the ideas actually kind of come up really organically uh, and sporadically. I love that you actually say that because I think the original question is executing experiences. When I was talking about finding like that inspiration, it was from designing experiences. And a lot of times limitations or certain hot buttons or, you know, X, Y, Z, that comes from inspiration too. How do I creatively problem solve? When it comes to executing the line so long, how do we go about the, how do we figure out the flow better? And you have two minutes to figure this out. I think that's really creative. I always tell ops managers, you are creative too. Like you're just, you're creative, your brain works in a different way. And so when Nick or Will, you were talking about bringing more people to you, this is where DEI comes in. Like it needs to be a diverse group of people, not just, you know, what, what we think of DEI, we think bring in that salesperson, bring in that ops person, bring in, you know, the executive levels because they on their day to day think differently. And so they'll have some like really hopefully innovative answers or potential solutions there. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I think limitation breeds creativity, right? Good. It, yeah, I mean, anyone in the events industry definitely knows that. I mean, like that's some of the, the most creative things I've seen when it comes to going to conferences and, and hearing um, how event producers have designed what they've designed. 
I'm very keen to listen to the limitations. Like uh, uh, Joe Minio is a guy I really respect the heck out of. Uh, he's uh, uh, oh, we talked about him in the in the past, and uh, the the scale of the events that he's done in the size of the cities he's done is pretty amazing. So it's like huge scale events in like mid to low market cities. And like, I can just remember like the certain centerpiece that was like 50 foot, like tall that was made out of Frisbees that you would never know it was made out of Frisbees, but it was hit by a certain light. And it was just about like budget and about that, but it would never like, you would never think to use something like that. And like, and then how he reused it on other events. Like to me, I'm like, Oh man, no one talks about that. No one talks about like creativity actually breeds profitability. You know, in addition to that, like it's, it's, uh, it's a problem like that's another problem to be solved the sustainability of an organization like i've seen companies go out of business because of creativity because they had yeah. unfettered creativity right like i knew a, a number of them actually catering businesses especially where they were like you know all they cared about was like the event looking perfect and being like you know uh less less so about just going over and above uh but they they weren't sustainable as a business because uh, they didn't, uh, you know, they weren't profitable enough. Creativity, it, it can solve anything. Uh, but I, I echo what Tui said. The, the, the secret sauce to creativity is, uh, is a diverse uh, set of minds. Like it really, you, you can attack things no matter how creative you are. You're still attacking it from your experiences and your perspectives. And it's very limited. Even even the most creative people are still limited from the palettes that they they have had. And true, like next level creativity comes from uh, a diverse set of people who uh, can put one more little spin on it that no one else would have in combination. The combinations didn't exist. That's why I was thinking about when I was talking about that idea of um, elements are all they've all been done, but but the combinations have never been done. You know, everything that could be done for an event has been done, but there's combinations that have never been done before and you don't get to the combinations unless you, you, you know, have more minds involved. Nick, I have to add one thing to that is that you sort of just circled back to what you said earlier about reappropriation. And I think we can reappropriate our own ideas because we forget that everybody else has forgotten them or is not a re repeat attendee. And just because we feel like something is not brand new, doesn't mean it's not going to be brand new in this new context. And I, uh, I work with a very ambitious team that we are sometimes having to pause and like realize that we don't need to reinvent every element of everything every time, because not only does not, not everybody remembers it to the degree that we do, but also they're going to experience it differently, you know, with fresh eyes this time anyway. So stealing from yourself. That's, uh, um, ingenious but also really efficient <laughs> way of being creative sometimes it doesn't take reinventing the wheel same idea new audience vice versa um you can always either do a little tweak or not um and just make what whatever your idea your inspiration was the first time make it better uh the next time you execute before we close just real quick uh want to get some ideas from the group of what's something creative you're doing in your life now and i'm gonna toss it over to tui i love this because i was going to tell you guys regardless i just found out on duolingo that you can learn high valerian which is the game of throne language which is the targaryen yes yes nick if you want in we can get the <laughs> you, family that's plan. the equivalent of I'm learning klingon <laughs> I am so excited. I am huge nerd Nerds. in that category. Nerds. Listening to the books Nerds. now while I wait for season two of House of the Dragon. So that is my creative outlet right now. I am 
so excited, Nick. We could talk offline if you wanna. If you wanna. That's a big investment. Yep. I'm. Yeah. Wow. I'm on day eighty of Vietnamese right now, so I think I. (laughs) But what about what about you guys? I don't. I don't have anything to top that, Tui. You're you're learning a, <laughs> a language in a fake uni, you know, like a graded universe world. I, I mean, is it similar to like learning Simlish? I didn't realize that Simlish was an actual language. I didn't know that. What's that? I don't like know. the Sims. What the Sims speak? Oh, they yeah, have like yeah, a language. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I know there's people that can they can speak. Yeah, Klingon and, and Elvish are like two of the big ones too. Um, that's a lot. I don't have a gift for language like that. Uh, if, if I'm doing anything that is actively creative right now, it, it, I, I have a weird answer, and that's um, I really I, I've been I'm super interested in watching my kids behave uh, in and and thinking about that in the context of business. It's just such a weird thing to oh, say, yeah. but uh, I like I'm yeah I, I'm really like I watch how my kids network, quote unquote. And I watch how my kids uh, create and tell stories uh, and like how their storytelling is so refined. And there's so much limitations that we gain as we get older in in how we think about things because we, we start to learn about what is possible and what isn't. Uh, and what and then we also gain tons of like fears uh, and I see the fears removed and the creative limitations removed and I'm super interested in watching that. So I think about that often when I watch them and engaging with people. So I guess that's my answer. Huh. Ariana, Will, any any thoughts on creative little projects or uh, things you've got going in the works right now? I am at the point where I am just about to ramp up into like full insanity mode um, (laughs) because my biggest annual event aside from the other 24 events in the program is in May. And so I'm committing myself more to group activities that force creativity on me um, because the first thing to go for me is the thing that's optional when the schedule gets really crazy. So Uh, Like being a part of this is like huge for me as we go forward into the season, because this will be something for my brain to sort of spin on, you know, and to play that feeling of play that I really, really need to keep. And I forget that I need to keep it. The other, um, I just joined a digital advisory board with a group of uh, Broadway folks that I'm so excited to be forced into meeting with, um, even when my schedule gets really nuts, because it just becomes so important for me to keep tossing ideas, even when we're in full, like no more idea mode in the exact project, is to just be able to play with ideas, because because I don't want to get to the point again, I've, I've been in this industry for a long time and I've gotten to the point where when I don't allow myself to play, I will reach the end of the big thing and just be burnt, just mm-hmm. burnt. So leaving some space in my schedule and actually blocking it out and, and taking like, I've booked one-on-ones with uh, strangers that I've met on LinkedIn up into January because I really want to save space for meeting new people and new ideas, even when my schedule and my brain tell me that's not possible. It That's speaks awesome. to kind of the, the process of creativity, like making sure procedurally your brain has uh, time, space, location um, to do that, to do that work. Any last thoughts, Will? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of something really kind of unique about what I've been doing recently. Um, so probably for me is related to my iPad, honestly. Um, you know, 
I have massive ADD. Like I definitely realized it. And I was watching a YouTube video where a guy was talking about replacing his laptop with an iPad. And he's like, yeah, it really helps my ADD because you can do one thing at a time. So one of my favorite recent things to do is actually like open up the Apple Notes app and just write like ideas. Like I'll be like, oh man, I have like had that idea for the event that I wanted to do. And like I just literally was on a plane and just wrote and just sketch like wrote it all out. And you know, I like sketching out when possible too, but honestly just writing has been really, really helpful. And outlines primarily, not like full paragraphs because I can't write a complete sentence to save my life. Barely speak one. But I got a better one that actually might be a surprising for most people is probably my most creative process of been getting back to in-person speaking engagements um, because it's forced me to come up with creative ideas. So those who don't know how my like create my process of speaking is, is that I whiteboard everything on my iPad and I usually maybe write like five or six bullet points before I go speak to remember to talk about like the six trends that you have to be aware of or here's five new tips on how to plan a community and manage a community. But I make up almost everything on the spot. Um, sometimes I'm rehashing ideas and share the same things again. But sometimes like I come up with an idea while I'm speaking live and I share that idea and then getting to see people react to it or, you know, uh, getting to see people go like, oh, aha, that's a really great idea. Like is almost like a reaffirming creative process for me. Um, so believe it or not, speaking live is probably the most creative person thing I've been doing recently. That um, strikes terror in me. The idea of <laughs> remixing my talk live during the talk. Oh, my oh, God. I love like, it. That's that's hardcore. That's Will. <laughs> Mine too. Uh, I'm terrible if I have any form of like anything beyond three bullet points and you won't get anything good from me. But if you just let me spit ideas at you, like I feel like that's where they actually start to formulate. Like to and then, yeah. 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 And then when I know like I've. I've talked on this same topic like six times i'm like okay this is really the idea now it takes a while yeah absolutely and i also really like to tell people like okay i know that i said this on this other thing but i have totally changed my mind based on new evidence i was completely wrong in the way that i was framing oh, that's, that that's so great to hear i mean that's that's the that's the mark of someone who's really in like into what they're saying and and, and is present is that you have the ability to uh, reanalyze it, not just turn it into your own internal rhetoric. Uh, that's pretty well, cool. I think it's because I have so many ideas that there's a very high percentage of them that just like statistically are going to be bad ones. It just takes <laughs> me a while to filter through and experience that. Well, go. that's a mark of creativity that you just generate before you filter. Sometimes we put the filter first and that keeps us from creating in the first place. Um, in terms of a fun creative project I've got going, I have been um, playing on TikTok for a few months and it's just been fun. Um, uh, just a disclaimer for anyone who thinks that uh, I post anything business related. It is not related to events at all. It is a <laughs> lot of randomness, me duetting and stitching other uh, videos. And um, side note, well, kind of adjacent to that, I started a project, so I turned 40 next year, and I wanted to do something fun to commemorate that, but also kind of draw out the celebrations. So I'm taking myself on 40 solo dates between now and my 40th Ooh. birthday. So I'm documenting that on the TikTok. Um, just a little plug if anyone wants to uh, to watch that that process there. But yeah, it's, it's fun because I'm trying to think of new creative ways. I live in a new city, so I'm trying to find new ideas, things that are fun, that are a little different um, to explore and, and meet new people. So that's my little uh, creative project on the side. 
I want to say thank you to Christopher Holgate for your question. That was awesome. That was a fun conversation we had today. We definitely want to hear your questions, comments, concerns. Send them in to us at eventbrew at endlesseventscom And uh, maybe you'll hear your question or your comment on a future show. With that, we are signing off. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon on the next episode of Event Brew. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew. Event Brew.